Welcome, everybody, to episode 14 of the podcast. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. I'm the other Hi, co-host, Kyle. I think. I'm David. <laughs> and this week, our guest is Julia. Julia, how are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm good. Glad to be here. Pumped up. Yeah, amped, really up. pumped up. Amped up. There's lots of amp. Let the, you know, let your, let your energy and amperage flow. Flow through. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, oh. we're, in, we're, we're still in the queue, so you got a lot of energy built up. Go up from being home the all the time. I almost said, "What's the cue?" What's huh. the cue? You've never heard that yet. It's like you know, no. like like Rona slang, like the new. It's Rona slang. Rona slang. <laughs> we're gonna learn, we're gonna learn some new things today, folks. <laughs> With the Rona slang, Rona what does slang. in the queue mean? Quarantine. Oh, Quarantine. see, <laughs> <laughs> see, I got it. It took me a second, but it took you a little. I thought you were talking about like cues, as in like stacks and cues, and I was like, what? What? And I How was thinking, like, I was like, I didn't know what she meant either, because like the Cleveland Cavs called their arena the queue. Oh yeah. So I was like, what do you mean we're in the queue? No, we're not. We're not in an arena. I was thinking we're in an arena. I mean, we are in a battle. I'm surprised I guess. you guys haven't heard that before. We're not hip. I think that's yeah, that's, that 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 definitely defines we're definitely not hip. Thirty-year-old hipsters are not. So us. those that are joining us for the first time, what Moscow Mules and Offsides is, is a podcast where you know David and I talk to cybersecurity professionals out in the field over a couple drinks. Um, doesn't have to be a beer or wine or tequila, but it could be your favorite soda, tea, whatever it might be. So if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. Hit us up, but. Without further ado, we kick it over to our special guest of the week. Julia, what are you sipping on this fine, fine evening? Kyle, I think you could guess. <laughs> uh, is it? Like, is it? Yeah. I, I got my black cherry white claw. Um, I know it's pretty non-original, but it's original to me. So Kyle knows me for my white claw Wednesdays. Um, just like to keep it real here. Don't got to impress anybody. Where was uh, white claw Wednesday occurring? Uh, White Claw Wednesday is a Mario Saloon uh, situation down uh, in Southside in Pittsburgh for people listening. Um, yeah, a couple, when Kyle used to be my uh, professor on Wednesday night classes, a couple of uh, my fellow classmates would hit up White Claw Wednesday. I was not, not going. <laughs> not with Kyle. <laughs> not make that clear. After, not after, with the, Kyle. after my class, they had to drink, which I understand. <laughs> I would have drank after my class as well. Well, when he used to say, you know, we're going to be here for the whole three hours, it was like, all right, oh, yeah. as, it was just as long for me as it was for you. <laughs> okay, I'm surprised y'all didn't, y'all didn't drink before class to get through the class. No, I tried not to do that. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black cherry is my favorite, always has been, probably always will be, but I've yet to be impressed by something else. And, you know, with post-college grad, Student loans, it's easy on the budget. Does the <laughs> <Yeah>. trick. <laughs> oh man, that life. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. don't worry. Fifteen years later, it'll still be with you. I'm telling you what, I just I honestly so. paid mine off. So nice. you know, wow, congrats. that's exciting. Congrats. Yeah, it's super exciting. You know, fifteen years later down the that road that you've kicked the can very far, and you know, someday you'll be free of your <laughs> servitude. Also, I, I like getting my credit hope. report every month and seeing like. Oh, you closed the account, and I always freak out thinking like, "What closed?" And then it's like a student loan closed. You're like, "Ah, oh, nice." Yeah. Because yeah. eventually you just do the you know automatic deposit, and it's kind of like a set it and forget it. You know, as long as you don't change your bank account, you just they take the money yeah. every month. Sunk cost as a sunk cost as they call it in accounting. I did that actually. I had that problem when I when I moved to Maryland after college. I changed banks because there was no PNCs in you know Central Maryland, the Eastern Shore area, and I didn't update my, my loan information from, uh, you know, one bank to another. And I got dinged for, uh, basically well, for being late. And then they, they upped my reduced rate. And, you know, since I was a good, a good, uh, borrower, I lost that because I wasn't anymore. So I went from like 2% on something to like seven and a half. Oh, my oh. Gosh. oh yeah. They're, oh. they're super lenient. I mean, I thought that was fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, not loan related, but right now because I'm not a Pennsylvania resident yet, I'm getting taxed New York tax and Pennsylvania tax. So, should probably also figure fair. that one out sooner rather than later. <laughs> I always go with whatever one's cheaper. 
Well, definitely <laughs> not New York State. So. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you and, and you're in the city too, so you get that city tax, that Pittsburgh city limit tax, which is three percent. I remember when yeah. I got that, we left outside the city, and I was like, three percent, no pay raise. <laughs> We also have to pay something like for working. We have like pay like a working in the city tax, but it's only for like one and a half percent for like one month's wages or something. It's like something silly. Something really silly. They want your money. Well, back to the, so you don't like truly back to the white claw. Well, so, so this truly is, versus white claw. Well, so this is like, and what about the new Barstool sports presidents guy? He made out his own, I think, seltzer, right? And Budweiser has their own seltzer. Now. Well, so this Bud is the Light. thing. So after work today, like I realized I was like, I don't have any in the fridge. I was like, I have to go get some. And like in the back of my mind, I was like, I have to get black cherry white claw. Like I can't show up to this with anything else because Kyle knows one and two, it would just not be my true self. So I was like, went into the beer distributor and I like, first thing I saw was the Corona seltzers, which I've had and they're like, okay. And then they had individual cans of white claws, which I've never seen before. Not even tall boys, like just like the regular sized ones, but they only had raspberry and mango. And I was like, this still isn't me. And then I finally found the black cherry and I felt satisfied that I've tried truly. It's not my favorite. The truly lemonades are okay, but I'm just, I stay true to the black cherry white cloth. So you haven't done like the Bud Light seltzer black cherry? I've tried those two. I just don't think it's as good. Just it's not as good? It's a good ratio between like the flavor and the carbonation. Like it can't be like too much flavor because then you just get like sick of it. But it, you want it to be at least some flavor. Like the white claw, um, the pure, I think they're called. They're just like the plain flavor. They're so bad. Like... <laughs> It's the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. I do not endorse that, but I will forever endorse the black cherry. <laughs> you tried the, the Vizzies? I have not tried those, but I've heard they're very, very good. And Vizzies I've also are popular heard, in my house, yeah. I've heard the High Noons are good, too. I've never heard of High Noon. High Noon is, uh, that's Barcelona President guy. Is that what that is? Okay. Dave Porter, yeah, I think it's High Noons, yeah. Uh, I watch his pizza reviews, but I don't follow That's, right, yeah. <laughs> that's how I found reviews. out about it. <laughs> That guy, watched, that guy's got a, he's got a, a whole thing going on. Like, I watched crazy. his quarantine pizza reviews where he did like, you know, store-bought pizza. And I actually went out and bought like Newman's because that scored the highest or something like that. So Besides, what did you like, think? The, what was your score? Oh, Newman's is great. Was, did you have a score? I didn't score it. No. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> yeah. I would but, score uh, somewhere between six and seven. Somewhere between six and seven. Um... <laughs> So you have your done the uh, white. Wait, are you still going down this seltzer? No, no, yeah, I'm looking through the seltzer list here on uh, you know someone. There, there's a website that says the 50 best hard seltzers to drink this summer, and they rank them. Of course, oh, it's men's one? health, so the men are going to tell you what you like. Oh, what else? Yeah. Uh, and there's there's definitely a lot on here I've never heard of. Arctic summer. First of all, I didn't know there was 50 different seltzers out there. Oh, I'm not they, surprised, but the, the the thing is, they went by flavor. So like, you'll see white claw on here a couple times. <laughs> Uh, well, there's like like Natty Light seltzers now too. Oh man, Natter Days! This guy loves Natter Days. I love Natter Days, and I can't find them. They're like all sold out all the time. Like PBR has seltzers now. Got- On the same note, I had a PBR hard hard coffee. Those are good. It tastes like a YooHoo. Yes. That's oh what yes. Says. Yeah. yeah, they look pretty good. There's no, I mean, like it's like five percent, so it's nothing. But it's nice. Like you wake up, you might have a little hangover. You hit that up a little bit. Get, get the engine not only get the engine going but cool down the stomach a little bit so you've ever done so the only time i've had a white claw i said i think this was like probably eight months ago maybe in last summer i was like man this isn't strong enough can i have a shot of vodka and i put a shot of vodka in it i feel like that's taking up too much of a notch I've, yeah i did that for my 21st birthday and it didn't go well <laughs> truth is it didn't go well I mean, it's good for like the first couple if you just like are late to the party or something and you're trying to catch up, but it's definitely not like an all night thing. Yeah, 21 later on your 21st birthday, I would <laughs> I feel pretty bad too. Listen, I don't know how many people actually really made it to 21. I made it. I made it to the bar, but when I got to the bar, oh. I didn't have a drink in the bar. Like that was the thing. I got through the door, but I didn't continue to drink once I got there. And then I went home very soon after that, but. I used to have buddies that would do like crazy drinking competitions. And I was like, not me, man. I can't do that. What Peter Griffin said that the only game he wants to play is drink the beer. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the only game I want to drink, play these days. Beer pong's still fun. So is Flip Cup. Yeah, still, I would say beer fun. Flip Cup is always fun. Beer pong is always fun. I would say Kings every now and then is fun. Or what is it called Kings? Where you stack the cards, whatever. Yeah, Kings Cup. Ooh. What else? That's never fun. I haven't played Power Hour in a long time. I remember Bureau Kart. Bureau Kart. How's that? You guys one? don't play Bureau Kart yet? No. I've heard of that. Oh, so tell me. Fun. We had we just so got a Switch I, a week ago, like ten yeah, days ago. Yeah, I guess. Oh my uh, god, I love the Switch. It's the best thing ever. They're still hard to find. They are. Uh, people we, made a bot we, to buy we, out all the Switches. So Target doesn't let you do that. You can only buy one, and then they show that all. So we found them like two weeks ago. Drove up to Target in East Liberty at like nine in the morning. They had 13 when we called by the time we got there. Like, it took us 25 minutes. They had eight left. So people were, like, already in there buying them. People are, like, selling them on Craigslist for, like, a 1000 bucks. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I almost did buy it for, like, double the price, but that would have been stupid. Yeah. That would have been stupid. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But, do you, yeah, um, you want to hear about your cart real fast? I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's right. I want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is kind of a, something that I want to talk about in the last the, the last one where, uh, I don't know, the one podcast, I don't know, the one where I had the beer cart like was the name of the glass. Yeah. Basically, the game is you get a uh, can of beer or, you know, drink of your choice, and you cannot, like, there's there's two rules. First rule is that you must finish your drink before either what the agreed upon rules are, either the race or the Grand Prix. And okay. you can't drink and drive. So you have to either, you know, stop, take, put your controller down and you got to drink. Then you can drive again. All your points are cumulative at the end. And so you're not always like, you're not always going to play like the best person. Like the best person isn't always going to win because they're, they also have to drink and drive. Uh, so ah, that's actually a great game. It's a lot really of fun. fun. It, it's actually a nice zoom game um, because you can do it online with, with friends. You, know, so you can't you so you play if you're playing one round well you play the grand prix so you're saying throughout the course of four races you, yeah figure out how to split your drink up interesting yeah it's fun you can get so you if you crush it in the first race you win not so, really so it's not really how does, oh, how does oh, someone no, the, win yeah so i mean like it, it depends on what your house rules are so you can uh because it's in the grand prix it, everyone's points are cumulative at the end if you don't finish yeah. your drink it's like minus 10 right Gotcha. You have to figure out how to ration your drink like one per race or, you know, sure. have the rule no one can chug until lap two. Like no one can chug your, your beer the huh. first race, right? Stuff like that. Interesting. Because there's ways to, you know, safeguard the rules. Interesting. Yeah, and you have to have the highest amount of points, like just within the game itself, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Your friends cannot award you points for being awesome. Oh <laughs> Well, you get zero. <laughs> oh, I would get so many points <laughs> deducted. Deducted. Well, you want to go? Anyway, you yeah. Like, you're, yeah, I'm ready, man. Mine. I don't have my cooler today. Uh, and uh, oh. a neighbor of mine gave this to me last night. This is from Shoe Brew in Zelenopel, Pennsylvania. Uh, they're usually pretty well known for their hazy IPA series, but this one is called. So, oh, hold on. it's called Smooshy. Smooshy is a strawberry pretzel salad, and uh, they describe it as a self-explanatory fruited sour. So, we're gonna see what happens here. A little strawberry, a little bit of pretzel, a little bit of rabbit food. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna find out. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, I got a Birdo glass today. A what? From Mario Two, Birdo. Did you play Mario Two? Uh, no, I did not. Oh yeah, okay, that you know glass. See, I was expecting it to be a little more thicker when you went to your top. Oh, jammy. It. It's nice and red. Yeah. Really tart. Oh, really, uh, yeah, really, really red color. I'm going to let the head on that settle because I'm not going to. What's so, what's beer. the Birdo glass again? It's Birdo. Uh, Birdo's from, ah, uh, geez. So there was a guy that used to make glasses and I think he kind of got out of the game. He went by the, the, like, the shop name Beer is Dead. And I don't know if he still does it or not, but I have to find all of his like Mario glasses secondhand. But he has a whole Mario Two line, one with a Birdo, one with a Mouser, and some shy guys on a uh, other glass. So I'll pull them out every now and then. I don't know. I don't know what his new company is. It, I think it has something to do with like your mom's house. I don't. Or it's called your mom's house or, or something. Nice. Something like that. I don't know. I can Google it real fast while I, you know. Why? Why, why, well, I let like this settle, but yeah, so cheers. Uh, Kyle, go ahead. 
So yeah, so last week we had some friends in town and we did some social beer uh, brewery hopping. And uh, we went to Inner Groove down in Verona. I think they're just over a year old. I've had a, a couple sours from them. I think I have a sour. I think I'll just give it to you. So I'll see you, dude. It's pretty good. Um, but this one was called, learned a couple things about going to But this one's just a New England IPA called Party Conversation. Um, it's actually really good. I'm drinking out of a Clear Nero Goonies glass. Nice. With like Chunk doing the Chuffle Shuffle. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, never said die. Love it. But what I did, what I learned is that, and maybe you knew about this and you've been holding out on me, is that if you have an unfiltered IPA, you're supposed to store it upside down. So, I mean, there's what's your debate. take on that? There's, there's so I, I stored that. this you upside can, down, so we'll see. Yeah, what, I mean, what's what's the difference between just like shaking a couple times to get the sediment off the bottom or sure. flipping your, your beer upside down? I don't know. I've seen it. I've seen it both ways. So I was like, what? What are you talking like? And I was wondering, like, remember I drank that one psychedelic cat galaxy star defender and it was all like chunky. I wonder if that was the problem that those like super thick triple IPAs. Probably at the end, yeah. You feel nasty. But um nice and OJ colored. Oh yeah. Nice. They like a week late to the uh national IPA day. Oh yeah. So what do you taste there? Um have you guys had strawberry? You've had strawberry pretzel salad before. Does it literally taste like that? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. You taste pretzel, um, and you taste like salad. It's like salty, but okay. it's also like real strawberry and tart in the in the middle. It's it's really weird. It's good though. I could drink a couple of these. So you haven't got over to the, the sour game, Julia, like smoothie sours or any types of other sours? Or So my coworker, well, two of my coworkers are actually like some of my really good friends. Um, they're like really into just craft beer in general. They have like the app. I don't know the name of it. I don't know Untapped. Yes. And like one of them has actually um, like her New Year's resolution last year was to try like a thousand new beers in like the year. And then she. That's pretty, that's pretty insane. She did it. <laughs> She did it. And so Sounds like, like we need to step up our new resolution. They'll just go and they'll try it. Like it's not like they're really like chugging, you know. Uh, so you're getting like tasters. That's kind of cheating. Unless yeah. I, I well, yelled I don't at know exactly how she does it. She's gonna listen to this you, and be like, I feel like you have to have, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you have to have four ounces or more for it to count. Yeah, she gets like flights of them. The morgue's fine. I don't know. So anyways, so they We'll have me try some stuff here or there, but I don't know. I'm just like a plain Jane, I guess. Plain Jane. I love a blue moon. A nice sweet beer. Okay. Yeah. I like, like, um, yeah, I like blue moons. I like. Is there um, any good wheat beers in Pittsburgh? You would know. Last Who heard me? David, you. Uh, are there good wheat beers in Pittsburgh? I would say probably, but they're not going to be broody around because it's, you know, there's not a big market for it right now. Yeah. Silly. Uh, you know what? That Helltown, uh, Helltown puts out a wit um, that's okay. actually really good, and I, I enjoyed. It. I've actually enjoyed a lot of their stuff lately, um, and I didn't used to. And I think they they had some new ownership or an ownership change or something. And a lot of their stuff that they put out is is actually really decent, but it doesn't get a lot of the big hot press because it's you know they're not throwing out smoothie sours and you know stuff that's culturally. We'll have, we'll, we'll get uh John Cott. Kasha on here. Oh yeah, that'd be he, awesome. He's a minority owner in Helltown. Former Certling too, as well. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great to talk about. Yeah. I think I'm gonna try to get him on next month. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I tried. I tried them. I sometimes like them. We, but we appreciate the effort. <laughs> I try. I really drink what you like. You know. Cool. No, you don't need yeah, to be I just cool. Stick to what I know. You know. Drink what you like, and then I hated beer up until two and a half years ago. What happened? So I had a barrel aged stout in the middle of the winter, like something like I love bourbon, right? So they put right. you know the darker beer in the in the barrels, and I, I was like, this is incredible. The flavor with it, I don't know, it was just insane. And then I was like, I hate IPA. I'm never gonna drink IPA. I'm gonna drink, and then I tried doing smoothie sour. Next thing I know, I was that's how it happens. Back into so, it. Yeah. Yeah. My brother is really into IPAs, and my dad they like dabble 
in the beer stuff. So I tend to try things here and there. There's like a couple um, good breweries back where I'm from. So, and I'm home, sometimes I'll hit them up. Yeah. So let's, let's transition a little bit. Let's uh, talk. I think it's, I thought about another thing that we, when we were talking like right when, you know, COVID and the pandemic hit. So not only did you graduate sort of in the mix of it, but didn't you, we were on vacation. You almost got like quarantined in the beginning, right? You almost got stuck. <laughs> so it's really funny because, um, so obviously I work for the NCFTA. I'm a malware analyst. Um, what does the NCFTA mean? It's the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance. Um, it was founded in either the late 90s or early, early 2000s, I want to say, um, by the FBI. So it's technically a nonprofit, um, but we do like a lot of work with, government um, sector and then also private sector so um, in our office in Pittsburgh we have people our partners that's what we call them sit on site with us some of them um, and it's just like a really cool way to kind of get everybody collaborating um, and yeah so sometimes I'll see I'll get into this probably more as we go in but um, they'll drop us malware samples or submissions that they've seen or that they want analyzed will um, kind of do static and dynamic um, looking into it and yeah. So that's kind of like the, my side of things. And then we have cyber threats. We have three teams at the NCFTA. So I'm on the malware and cyber threats team. There's a brand and consumer protection team. And then there's our cyber financial team. Um, and the cyber financial team works a lot with financial institutions. And then um, the brand and consumer protection team does a lot of like counterfeit goods um, and kind of dark web monitoring. So I actually started on the brand and consumer protection team um, as an intern a year ago, May. Um, and then I kind of got talking with some people um, and just kind of was saying how I was interested in the malware side. How I worked with Kyle actually um, at Duquesne where I graduated from um, and I kind of got switched over to the uh, malware and cyber threats team. So um, yeah, it was really great. I've learned so much. I continue to learn and um, I was brought on part. I went, I was an intern for a little bit. I was part-time in August, and then I actually went full-time April 1st before I graduated. So back to quarantine, um, right, before, uh, one, right before this all happened, Kyle and I met at work um, with a couple of my coworkers because we were actually going to speak together at um, this, our cyber forum that we have every May um, through the NCFTA. We, it's like, I think 700 people attend, it's really big. Um, we were trying to work out on our abstract and we we're like, okay, great. We'll talk about this next week. I was like, I'm on vacation next week. I was actually going on spring break with my family um, to the Caribbean out of, out of the country. And uh, yeah, so we were there the first week of March and on our way, like right when we were there is when the cases kind of started to like in California, Seattle, were like kind of growing. And um, we were like, Jeez, like I wonder when we come back through the border, like if we're gonna have any issues. Um, and we ended up coming back through, and like I thought for sure my temperature would at least be taken or like some kind of question. And the border patrol guy just handed us a pamphlet that was like, I'm sure you've heard about COVID, and kind of like laughed, like, here, read about it and tell your friends. And we were like, that's it, like, wow, okay. So it's really funny because I feel my parents are probably going to listen to this and laugh, but on our way, both my parents are in the healthcare field. Um, and on our way back, it was just myself and my parents, my brother lives in Boston. So he wasn't on the same flight, but we were flying, I was flying back to my parents and this guy started coughing really bad on the flight. And my mom was like immediately pulled out her mask and gloves. And so did my dad. And I was like, you guys are being so crazy right now. Like everyone's staring at us. Like, I was like, we're far away from them. And mom's like, absolutely not, I'm not risking it. Like she knew, like she just knew it was not gonna end well. Um, so when we got, we got back and then I came back to Pittsburgh um, and within a week I was work from home and school from home. Um, and then I started full-time from home and graduated from home. So it was definitely a super crazy. Uh, Did you month. put on your cap and gown and walk down your hallway? No, so <laughs> yeah, literally. So it was funny because um, my good coworker Erica and I, she was graduating from Seton Hill, and I was graduating from Duquesne at the same time in May. And like we were like, well, we'll just like if we don't have graduation, we'll be in the office at least probably. So we'll do some big thing there. And now it's middle of August, and we're all still not back in the office. But um, 
yeah, hopefully we still have something to celebrate, but we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully we have places to celebrate at also. Yeah. Yes. More importantly. <laughs> right. Well, that was the thing. I mean, Mom was like, I really want to have like some sort of celebration. And I was like, well, like, I don't really want to go wear a mask to a restaurant. Like that's not really ideal for me. So I keep telling her we're going to push, push it back, but I got to celebrate it. Next thing you know, years later, still had to celebrate. And guess what? You'll be on your like third job or second job. You're like, ah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I know. That's what everyone's saying. Everyone's I, like, you're lucky. Graduation was boring. Like, it's not even worth sitting through it. No, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't downplay it at all. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's an important time. I was definitely time. sad. I was definitely, um, you know, one thing that I was really looking forward to. But um, with already working full time at that point, I was like, well, I've already kind of you're, started my life. Yeah, you were a different position than most of your peers and you know which is great for you yeah because yeah. i mean it's but i wouldn't downplay it. it was for me it was like a different time i was ready to get out in the real world and do something well that's how like, i was too i mean i remember you kyle and i was asking your advice about what you thought and you're like I have your whole life to work i mean if it's really something you want to do do it um and kind of that's what my family all said too they were like don't like rush and do it but i love my job i love the people i work with who i work for our mission so I, I mean, and at that point, I was already working like 25 to 30 hours a week. So I was like, why And not? going to school full time? Is yeah. right? I was in oh, 19 credits last semester. Um, and I was working pretty, pretty full time. But um, yeah, my boss is great. Like she really gave me um, a lot of flexibility to make sure I had the time to finish. And I never really felt like I wasn't putting in enough to either one. So um, yeah, I'm really lucky because a lot of students I know or that I graduated with, the job market right now is absolutely screwed. So, um, yeah. Depends on what you're going into. A lot of people, like, I remember, you know, I remember when I was maybe looking for jobs last year, and everybody's like, oh, no one's going remote anymore. Everybody's going, you know, back into the office. And now it's like everything's full remote. People realize you can do, in most industries, you can do things from remote, especially in our field, you can do it very much remote. Right. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, you were in a different boat and like, you know, but at the same time, it's like what you said is like key that we, I think we've talked about every week is liking people you work with a lot and liking your job. And, you know, those are two hard things to come on, you know, come upon a lot of times. I think people lie and say, oh, I love my job and I love everybody I work with, but we all know that's not always the case as you get later on in life, right? Right. So to yeah. have that right out the gate is super clutch. I know, and, and it, it makes me nervous. I'm like, I don't want to ever change. Like, I just got really, really lucky with uh, the group of people I'm with. So, um, yeah, there's always. I've known a bunch of different NCFTA uh, colleagues over the years, and like, I don't think everybody's always talked highly about the place and like the place, and you know, you know, well before you, people I got along with there and stuff like that. So it's always been. As long as I've been in back in Pittsburgh for five plus years, the people there have been great. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not happy at your job, don't don't keep doing that to yourself, ever. Right. Like you like you just got done saying like you have your whole life to you know find what makes you miserable. Don't don't make sure it's you know eight hours a day at your office. Right. Get yeah. out. That's the other yeah. cool thing about the NCFTA is like training is in our kind of acronym there, so there's like a lot of opportunities for us to go to trainings. We host trainings on site. So I feel like for someone being right out of college, it's, I have a lot of opportunities to grow. Um, so that's something even at Duquesne, like I started, um, so my major was international security. And, um, when I was like halfway through, I like met with the director of our program and I was like, you know, I'm really interested in cyber, but like really Duquesne only had computer science at the time. Um, and there wasn't a ton of like, we had to graduate with a minor and I was trying to pick my minor and I was like, you know, I really want it to be something involved in cyber if possible. Um, and I remember sitting there like being really nervous and I remember my academic advisor who I'm sure you guys both can agree, like don't always give the best advice or always the most help. But, um, he said to me, you should minor in communications, like, or like some type of media. And I was like, I don't think that's like really the same path I'm looking at and so I met oh, it's yeah. not even close <laughs> I know I was like I don't want to be like 
you know, PR or something. I don't know. So hey, I heard you like painting. What I yeah. think you should really do <laughs> is go like play an instrument. Yeah, it's so strange. So end up being with the director of my program, and it just so happened that they were working on starting a cybersecurity program at Duquesne. Um, cool. And I know Kyle's wife Dina. She has had taught some of the cyber courses previously um, at Duquesne. Yeah, they actually ramp up that program. She worked with Swicky to like put it together. Yeah. Yeah. So when I met with um, Father Sricky, who's the director of our program, he said to me, you know, um, it's going to be a major. Like, if you want to try to double major, that would be really great. I think you have time to fit it all in. Um, and that was in the fall. And then in the spring, I ended up taking Kyle's class, which was just intro to information security. Um, and I just, absolutely loved it. I'm sorry. It. Just introduction to information security. Hey, you ever like, you I'm ever, sure it was terrible. <laughs> It was, it was like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a mile long me, and inch but... deep. Yeah, you know I mean, like lots of uh, content. That's what that's what that stuff needs to be, though. Like that's you know that's no exaggeration. There's so much to cover, and you. It you went from like, like here's what a packet prepare. is, and packet analysis is like, here's what SSL is, and here's what like, you know how crypto works. And there's just so much in that field or that that area of study. You can't really. Yeah. I mean, just pick yeah. His, <laughs> it was pick and choose, right? It was like. Yeah. You could each of the each level is its own course, could be its own course, right? Like you can spend forever about crypto. I mean, I had graduate level courses in crypto. Yeah. They were miserable, but they were good. Yeah, well, that's like the big thing with at, at work right now is um, I do a lot with the ransomware shaming sites that have really blown up, and um, everybody wants to know the Bitcoin addresses that they're that these ransomware variants are putting out there and. We um we actually do like test purchases at work too, so we're kind of getting into that a little bit. Um, so interesting, like ransomware or Bitcoin thing. Every now and then, like you ever check your spam email, like for your Anger account at CMU, you get like I've seen, I got your password, and it's always like if you don't do this and send me Bitcoin, so I'll go through and like collect all of them, and then I'll just like save them all off as text files, and I'll grab the Bitcoin. It's all the same Bitcoin address. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. You're just like, oh, come on now. Yeah. I think I get those. Yeah, look at your junk. It's in there. It's, in, <laughs> it's, it's deep buried in. They're pretty good at spam filtering, but. But yeah, so basically from there, I took Kyle's class and then um, ended up working out that I was only able to really, the minor was really what I um, was able to finish. So I didn't double major, but um, my minor was, so the next class after that was network situational awareness, which Kyle didn't teach, um, but that was a cool class. And then there's actually only four of us in the class. So it was me and three other students, which was cool. It was pretty hands-on. And then after that was um, Kyle's, what was it? I forget the exact term. Was it threat? Fail. Applied threat analysis. Applied threat, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think I call it applied threat something else. Something, yeah. Applied threats. But um, that was like my favorite class, hands down. I think that's when I like really knew that um, I was super. Basically, just taught undergrads a graduate level course. I just <laughs> had to like drag it along a little slower. <laughs> Did you call him Professor Kyle or? Uh... No, I didn't let anybody call me anything besides Kyle. I think it's like, it, yeah. I'm, like it makes me feel super, super, super old, right? Like I don't have a sports code with patches on the elbows yet. You know what I mean? Not yet. I get emails with like Mr. O'Meara, Professor O'Meara, Professor Kyle. I'm like, just call me. I, I sign all my emails. However you sign your emails is how you should expect someone to call you. So I sign my emails Kyle. I told most of, most of everybody was fine with that, right? Like it yeah. also makes a little We had more really fun. small classes too, which was nice. Except for intro class. The intro, the intro class, class was really big. Um, but yeah, oh, our so Applied many. Threats class was really cool because we did the Honeypot project, which... Um, is just something that I like completely fell in love with just like looking through the logs. I thought it was really fun. Um, and I remember like the beginning of that semester, I like emailed Kyle and I was like, Hey, like I would love to pick your brain. I like really need an internship, just like the classic email probably every professor gets at some point. Um, and how did we that, even get on that? Yeah. How did we, how did you even land at NCFC? I forget. Yeah. So this is the, so this is the craziest part. So I was taking the network situational awareness class and uh, your applied threats at the same time and um, I sat down with you and um, you know you're just telling me like different uh, places to apply I think the NCFDA came up I'm not exactly sure but um, Tom Dugas who taught the um, network situ situational awareness class who was actually the CISO at Duquesne 
um, had some connections at the NCFTA and I applied originally online, just like through their HR services and like classic, I never heard back, you know, like that always Imagine gets, like, that from all lost. those black holes of applying Yeah, online. gets lost in the, in the mix. And so I said to Tom, you know, I never heard back. Um, do you think that you could like, do you know anyone there? You could just like help me get my foot in the door. And um, like literally a week later, I, I had an interview set up with the brand and consumer protection team. Um, and I was just like thrilled to just like have an internship at that point. Um, I didn't even really know that the malware and cyber threats team was really at the NCFT at the time. Um, I knew that they had three different teams, but I didn't know exactly what they did. Um, and when I was on BCP, I did a little bit of like counterfeit work with their like automotive initiatives. So they just work with like counterfeit car parts, which sounds like really boring. Um, but it was interesting. Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Like what, yeah, what right? is a counterfeit car? I didn't know this. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, so you can really make an entire car with counterfeit parts, and it's really scary because people die. Like, you can make counterfeit In the United States? Yes. Like, people, um, eBay sites will sell them, Amazon will sell them, um, Craigslist, there's all this different stuff. And then what happens is, is mechanics that, you know, your average Joe, who you go get your car fixed with, orders a part, and maybe they don't even know that it's counterfeit, and then you get in a car accident and your airbag doesn't go off and people die. Um, so that was like really interesting at first because I was like, wow, this is like, I didn't even know this was a thing kind of similar to how you guys were. Um, but it definitely wasn't something I had like a passion for because I can barely tell the difference of a car driving by me, you know, like I just didn't have the passion for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the segue... <laughs> whoa, whoa, cow's Cal, not going to make it. Wrong type. No, there was a segue real quick is that like in that counterfeit realm, like there's counterfeit everything's right. Like, and I didn't realize that, but the counterfeit game in shoes, there's two shoe as a shoe sneakerhead. Yep. Uh, anytime I can talk about shoes, let's talk about shoes. Crowbar shoes into it. <laughs> but yeah, let's crowbar it in. But like the fact that you have these places like StockX and SneakerCon that will actually, you know, you can buy from a person, they send it there and they verify it. Like there's ways to tell like counterfeit Nike shoes. Of course, I mean, with that knowledge, but the problem is it's like, where do they get that knowledge? So how do people know that things are counterfeit? And I think is where like, I'm still flabbergasted about like, how do I know when I get a shoe from somewhere that it's not? And I just trust StockX and these you know, sneaker con to do their due diligence to verify that they are right. That like when I'm paying, you know, hundred dollars for a shoe, it's really a hundred dollars for a shoe. And it's the actual shoe that Nike made or yeah, that's all I have Nike, but only like Nike made. So right. it's interesting to think about. I was about to say I wear some other nails. I don't wear nails. You don't wear anything else. Do they even make like, I don't know. Do, do they make new balance that you can collect? Are they collectible? Like, I don't know. That's for when so, he yeah, gets his I, I, uh, blazer I, with patches. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to get into the more niche type shoes as the everyday shoes. I do have a lot of shoes and you know, but like I'm like trying to find like where designers partner with Nike and they make a shoe. Try to get my hands on those. Because those are like rare. You can't get that at Foot Locker, right? No. And once it's, <laughs> you know, once you're one of like the, you know, thousand people that have them, there's never going to be made again, right? I want you to get those Michael J. Fox Back to the Future shoes. I, I have, I told you I have the closest I can get. The other, no, the real, no. The real ones are, yeah, you told the real me ones, closest one. the real ones are five, like, or $25,000. Drop it, man. Let's go. No. Yeah. Take it out of your 401k. It's a long <laughs> yeah, take it out of your 401k. <laughs> okay throwing that out there no i have some it's fine you can pay you can do that it's just you can penalize the out the kind of investment it. if you took it out you're just investing it into something that over time will probably it's well, gonna do better than like an online has. savings account yeah <laughs> well yeah it's gonna have, definitely do better than a savings account but it's not gonna be like uh your your uh mutual fund no like your uh gosh damn it what's the word i don't even know Fact check Kyle. Where it keeps going over time. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> that I can't think of the word. This is so not a podcast. We're turning into growth. So let's move back into counterfeit. So yeah, counterfeit parts. Yeah, yeah. Can you, so do they worry about it, counterfeit anything else, or is it just counterfeit? Oh yeah. Parts? So we like have counterfeit like hockey jerseys are like the only thing I, I know that are Yeah, so we have fresh. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but we have retail, auto, pharmaceuticals um trying to think what else we've got oh tobacco 
So like any sort of mm. like nicotine products, tobacco products. We regular um, tobacco or the wacky tobacco. Oregano. Um, no, I do not think we're there yet, but maybe at some point, probably. But we um, so to lead into more. So when I I switched from auto to the pharmaceuticals, um, which was really really interesting because oh, yeah. what that was was dark web and clear net research and people selling like all different kinds of prescriptions um, that are counterfeit, which is really dangerous because we have we partner with the DEA. Um, we have a dedicated analyst for the DEA that sits on site and they, um, we do a lot with like fentanyl because uh-huh. we'll- but Is it also counterfeit, but also, yep. is it also counterfeit, but also like real stuff, like the brand name that happens to like subvert supply chain that you guys are also tracking as well? Um, like Yeah. So like a lot of our partners are pharmaceutical companies, like your classic Bayer or Takeda. I think that's how you say it. Um, so we work really closely with them. So if we see that they're selling a product of theirs, like same thing with like Honda or like as, as random as like Old Navy or Gap, like the Gap or something, if they're like this woman um, is like reselling or they're like doing counterfeit stuff, they, we work to take it down. Um, so we'll do like moniker research too on people that if they have like a certain account or if they're talking on the dark web, um, in forums and whatnot, we'll we'll try to put together some sort of um, like actor attribution. Attribution. How do you how do you take down like a website? Like, what's the like who or or like the business person? How does that all happen? Like, what does the website just go offline? Does somebody seize it? Like, does GoDaddy yes. just pull it? Yeah. So we'll. So it's really hard because like, do you guys know what who is information is? Yep. Yeah. So like who is information we'll do the research on that and then what we'll do is we'll put all of that into a report and like bundle it up and we'll send it over to law enforcement so that's where where we work really closely um like we work with the ipr center a lot um so we um yeah so we'll just get different requests we'll try to take it down um each like month it's really cool because like shipment centers too like they'll have pop-up shipment centers that um we work closely with the postal service. So like we have postal service agents that sit on site with us. We'll work with them to try to like track where things are going. I would like them to track where my packages are going because they have seemed to lost their minds with uh, <laughs> delivery lately. But yeah, so right. we do like a, a lot of, a lot of that stuff, which is really interesting. And the cool part is, is like, it kind of brings back our mission of, you know, sharing information. Like, it's just like, I mean, it's, I don't want to relate auto parts to 9-11 but like it's just the same thing like this group of people has this information but they're not sharing it with another group who's doing the same exact research or might have the same issue so all every month like we'll do calls with like a certain initiative and all their partners and so people can share things across and um we have like ndas with everyone obviously so we have our listservs too which i know kyle you're on um some of them So we'll send stuff over our listservs that have like some, like our one major one for MCT um, has like 800 people on this listserv. So if information gets sent out, like aware of, does anyone have information about this IP address or has anyone heard about this malware or whatever it may be? Um, Then if someone has, they can respond back to us and we can be kind of the person to relay information back and forth with either attribution to our partners or not. Like if they say we don't want our name involved, then we just say an NCFDA partner is requesting this information. Um, And it's really great because people are, I think, more willing to share, um, which is really big in the cyber world, which I'm sure you guys know. So, so do you do a lot of like, like analysis or are you like a threat hunter type person? Like reverse engineering? A little bit. So I'm very like new to the malware side of things. Um, But I will say I've learned so much like since I've graduated, just in the year I've been working with the malware team. Um, So we're, I'm not as far into reverse engineering as I hope to be someday. Um, But there's definitely some of my colleagues that are better at it than I am. Um, So when we can do reverse engineering, we will. Okay. Um, But we work like a lot with like IDA Pro and, different of our like tools, that kind of stuff to kind of help us. 
Um, but we, we do sandbox things, but we don't use that as like our analysis. Like we really okay. do it ourselves. It's all hands-on, um, which obviously takes longer, but um, I think it's really appreciated by it our It takes partners. longer, but it also gives you like concrete data. And that's kind of, yeah. I think, I yep. think what really, everybody really just wants that. They want, you know, like Justin Seitz said, clicky, clicky, like give me, give me the candy. That's, right. that's what we're looking for. And if, if someone can figure out a way to, excuse me, bang the desk there. <laughs> uh, if somebody can figure out how to either automate that or just like you spend the time to, you know, just pull that data out yourself one time, it's gonna, you know, eventually work its way to somebody that really needed it. Right. And I, I honestly really enjoy it. Like I, I like really being able to get into the weeds and see what it's doing. Um, and it's like, I it said, says a lot always too. learning. It's yeah. always learning. Like I never feel every time we get a new submission from a partner, or even if they reach out to us and they're like, we are seeing this new variant. We want you guys to look at it. We're always going in just as like fresh as the next person because we don't really know what we're going to see. I'm sure um, you both feel the same way. So it's like really cool. I always feel um, really excited about it. And also too, it's really great about my team is like, I never feel like asking a question or asking for help is like, frowned upon like everyone wants to help each other oh you should like, never feel like that if you if you're on that sort of a team yeah. then your teammate is full of assholes yeah right Sorry. well that but, also says a lot too like and 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 not to knock on your background but it like makes me it, it helps that chip on the shoulder that i have and, and david had a colleague just like this that didn't come from this like software development i went to school for cs background and i can still do malware analysis or i'm still learning and like what you'll learn over time is that you won't be biased to all the other stuff and you'll learn it as you go and you'll improve it. But it shows a lot too that like you can do these things without these crazy backgrounds because you just yeah. have an analytical thought process, right? And that's what right. it comes down to. And you can learn the nuances along the way, you know, what right. a function call looks like and what a loop looks like and things like that and how you can key on on those. Like you don't have to be like, well, I coded it up in C++ and this is what a loop looks like and I had compiled it and that's what it looks like, right? You might right. not know how to do that. I mean, you might know how to do that in a year, but like in the beginning, you're like, I'm just learning nuances. So it shows a lot to say like, the field of malware analysis is, is so, I saw, a, which is, I saw a, you know, one of those random Twitter, um, you know, uh, voting polls. I was like, which job is the best in the field? And I said malware analysis. It was like out of the four, it was like the least picked. Really? I think it's because I, I, Twitter. Get, I think it gets a very like frowned upon, like, oh, I can't do malware analysis because I didn't go to school for CS and all this stuff. Well, I'm be the first one. Kyle knows this. Like when I sat down to talk to him about internships, I literally was like, I hate coding. I was like, I don't like it. And there he is. He hates it too. I also don't code. I don't like I, to code. I can take apart. And it's code. and it's honestly because, um, and this is not to knock on Duquesne at all. I had a really great experience at Duquesne, but my this computer science department. So basically, what it was, the cyber degree is between the international security department or program, I should say, and the computer science program. And what was really hard for me is that I was learning. I just started right into Java. And I was learning how to, like, they wanted us to code, like, different sandwich options. Like, you have ham, turkey, Ooh. American cheese, cheddar cheese, and mayo and mustard. And you mm. had to, like, code it and, like, have an output. And I was like, I hate this. I was like, this isn't fun to me. <laughs> I don't like it. You could have done like, that. You could have done that in, like, 100 <laughs> lines in Python in, like, you know, an hour. Right. Like, and I was like, this has nothing to me related to cyber, like, the cyber world. And I couldn't see the cross of the two until Kyle's class like that's when I really saw like you know the overlap and um I only took I mean I took Java and I took Java data structures um hated them both and it was absolutely <laughs> hell but um you know now I get to work with Python a little bit more and I'm like I like I think, it because I when we do use Python it's only a few lines here or there or this it's not like these really long program coded out. I think what you could take away from the programming class that you had is understand how programming structure is an object oriented code right. works. Yep, for sure. And you, you don't need to code a sandwich app to do that. Like that's like the, no, the lame it. I mean, I'm sorry. Like I can, I can give you a book and you seem, you seem smart. You seem, you seem like you're, you're very well, you know, versed and you're, you're interested in the subject matter. You hand somebody like you a book and then say, if you have questions, ask me. Like, I can help you. 
I, there's a whole room full of people that can help you. Like that's, that's where people can learn, not from sitting in a class and trying to figure out if an elevator goes up 16 floors and seven people get on it, can they also get on the, ele the, the other elevator that's going down? And there's also a third elevator that's going up and down at the same time. Like that's the kind of problem that I had to solve in CS class. And I thought it was the dumbest thing. It's really hard to apply it until what you would be doing in real world. And um, yes. I just, I'm not solving that problem. Right. Nobody's and solving that problem. You guys can probably tell I, I like to talk and a lot of my peers in the cyber, and that's not, I'm not trying to stereotype or judge, but no one really liked to collaborate or do things. And like, if our professors saw that some two people's codes look too much alike, it was like, you're getting, you're failing the class, like yeah. you're getting in trouble because you talk to someone else about your code. It's like, this is college. Like you're supposed to learn how to collaborate with people. Like, what are you going to do in the real world? It's, like, and it was really hard for me to yep. like really get involved in it. Um, and now that, she, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, I remember your test used to tell me, she used to have, and correct me if I'm right, fact check Kyle, you used to have paper test for your Java Every, class. Every test was paper. Do you test. believe that for a programming class, it was a paper test. I mean, we gave we gave our midterm of reverse engineering a paper test. Yeah, but no tools. You know, tell me tell me what it does by hand. So I can kind of believe it, but you know, that's. I guess, but like when you're like, it's just like write an array with this to this and like all this stuff. I was yeah. just like, it was just hard to relate it. Like honestly, I think if you had, if I had to do it regarding to reverse engineering, I'd be like, okay, I can be interested in this at least to want to do it on paper. But I was just so uninterested. I was like, no one wants to hang out and talk or like learn together. And if we do do something together, it's so what you do in the real world. You right. yeah, hang out yeah, and talk say, and that, collaborate. That, that's basically my biggest gripe with, with my time in college. And then like, you know, being on the other end of it and, and you know, having the ability and, you know, thankfully can, teach a generation of students how to reverse engineer. I didn't have that in school. I, it wasn't even a thing, I think. I don't know, at least, for, at least for me. But you sit on the other side of the fence and you're like, there is literally no chance that I would be sitting in a box, like in a room, and have no internet. I'd have no computer. And I would have to hand write or hand undo assembly. And I wouldn't talk to somebody else to ask for help. That just irritates the crap out of me that like you can't collaborate with peers now, I don't want your peers to get you through the class, right? Right. I don't want you to lean on them so much that you literally learn nothing. But like, so that that's basically the, the paper test at midterm is, did you learn enough so far that you can tell me how you would reverse this? Or you can, you can, you know, figure out where the memory locations are and like what the pointers are doing. But like, to say that outside of class, like we, I expect you to not talk to anybody about like, what to do other than me and the TA is completely unreasonable. And I right. don't think that's fair to, to somebody and, with and you the, know, real world expectations. Right. And the only really resources we had was like Duquesne student tutors and like, that was fine, but like you had to go and you had to sign up and you sat in like a computer lab where they like tried to write it out on a whiteboard and explain it to you. And I was just like, this is really hard for me. Like, I don't, I was like, this is just not how I learn anything and yep. i was used to international security where all it is is like well not all of it obviously we had tests and projects we had to do on our own but a lot of it was collaborating like we'd sit in a table and we would talk and we would like talk about each other's opinions and what we thought and like all these different things and yeah it's different than coding and computer science but mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to try to relate my interest to it um but, it, but it's not unpractical and i have a perfect example is like the ctf i was doing the last couple of days with a couple of buddies well i was attempting to do i was the reverse engineering person and that makes me scared but like <laughs> like like the amount of collaboration that's going on on the discord channels right and collaborating back and forth it, it, it's huge in our field i mean you know david and i as we're working on projects we're like what are you doing here did you try this did you do that i'm having stuck here take a look at this or let me zoom you and talk about this real quick right and like or even even the, the people that like you you networked with over years like i can still you know message yeah. people on like slack channels or on like google hangouts and you reach out for help and like the people yeah. are always yeah. willing to help you thankfully you know the network that i have uh is is full of you know really wonderful people and talented reverse engineers or you know computer science people but 
yeah, like just like I said, you're you're gonna find somebody that you know can help you, and you're not you're not reversing in a bubble, or you're not doing right. your job in a bubble. And that's how I I've even I message Kyle from time to time, like, have you seen this? Have you heard of any any of this? Like, and that's cool to now have a professor go to of like a Kyle, colleague. I'm a colleague you know? now. Yeah, I'm, co I'm a peer. A <laughs> but that's the same thing we do we do with us. Like we. We'll be looking at something and if like one we need help or two we find it interesting and want to share with our team we're like everyone can you jump on a zoom quick we're going to share our screen and we're just going to go through it for half hour an hour and everyone gets to learn and everyone gets to see it and it's that's cool not, yeah and that's what i really love about at my everyday work because it's just everyone's no one's like out there on their own and it's just like that's how i felt it was supposed to be when i was in college and to have the switch was just like, I was like, I love this now. I want to learn how to code. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, yep. And to just have, you know, anything that I'm interested in, I feel really lucky because I feel that I can go to my boss or, you know, our management and be like, I really have an interest in this. Or I really want to do this. And they're like, go for it. Like just, do yeah, do it. And whatever proactive, I mean, right now we're so crazy busy with nothing's really proactive, but you know, all of us have a list of proactive stuff we want to get to at some point. So yeah, I feel, yeah, really, really, good. I feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about rats. Like, do you, are you like, like what kind of rat or like malware do you see? Like keep talking, I'll come back. come back. Yeah. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> we can I'll, do this. I'll, yeah. Keep talking. Um, no. Yeah. So we um, have gotten just so much data, like so much data um, with like C2 stuff and IPs, emails that um, government's working on. So we're trying to help them sort through it. Um, and a lot of people are interested in it. So I think we're going to try to get some sort of working group going, um, which is kind of something that NCFTA does a lot. I know Kyle came to our mobile malware one. I don't know if you knew about that, but Oh yeah. Yep. 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 I remember getting the invitation. I think I was out of town or something that day. Yeah. So it's pretty cool right now. We're like trying to really figure out how exactly we want to tackle it. Cause like we get one, we get so many spreadsheets and one spreadsheet has like literally like 200,000 IP addresses in it. And we're like, okay, well this can't be narrowed down at all. <laughs> like, um, they're all they're all unique ips like you don't you don't have any sort of mm -hmm. like yeah well, that's a lot <laughs> so. yeah well i mean um the cool thing about the ntfda is we have a malware lab where we do like self-infected infections so we'll infect um the computer and then we get to kind of see what spam it's sending out um, and that's really interesting for us because we have some infections in there that have been in there since like 2017 and they're still sending spam. So that's really interesting. Um, we have like a lot of Emotet, TrickBot, QBot. Um, yeah. We're working on BokBot right now, which I was just uh, talking to Kyle about earlier. Did you say bok, bok, bok? Yeah. Bok, like, bok. A, like a chicken? Yes. B-O-K, no, B-O-T, yeah. Versus quack bot, right? Quack quack. Yeah, qu oh. That's what I call it. I call it Qbot because I like refuse to call it quack bot. I just find it find it weird. But. We have, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff on that. Man, it yeah, must be really nice cool. to have somebody like come to you and want like work done. That must be awesome. It's I, constant. I, I, it's absolutely yeah, constant. Oh, I mean, obviously, yeah. But let's... Let's 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 close it out. I'll stop the recording and we'll loop back in and then okay. do all this stuff. So, okay. so how can people get a hold of you, Julia? How do you want people to reach out? Like I said, I'm gonna put a generic thing on LinkedIn post. Do you want them to reach out to you there? Do you have a Twitter handle? Do you have ICQ? No, Slack. I'm really? Yes. Oh, I'm on Slack. Um, I think I'm just under Julia Deweese as my um, on the Pit Slack channel. On the right? Pit Slack the channel, Pit and then um, I, I on my LinkedIn. I do. I'm not a Twitter gal, so I don't have Twitter. But and I don't have Instagram. I get you up either. on that. Gotta I know you you've been pushing for a long time. I got It's been like it four years. One day, I'll get you. One day. Now <laughs> that I'm graduated, I have a little bit more time, so maybe I'll get. I, I think it's, it's a good Twitter for information. Get good yeah. for information gathering and help you. You know, maybe sometimes people post things on there that might be helpful. Yeah, if you're if you're following the right people, just like you said, you'll see people asking for hashes or you know the someone someone's looking for you know IPs or something, and you might be able to cut your workload a little bit just by ingesting. Really? 
weird news. Yeah. Well, Julia, stay where yeah, you are. Link, I'm going to stop LinkedIn, the recording. Uh, LinkedIn is probably best. Feel free to message me. Um, so, cool. yeah, cool. in Pittsburgh. I'll tag you in there. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's great to get the perspective of someone like yourself. Yeah, for sure. It's always uh, it's a booming industry. So it's really exciting. And um, hopefully we can uh, have some younger listeners and they can learn from, from the best of the best. That's for sure. That's right. I have nothing to add other than I'm very, uh, very grateful for your time. Thank you for, for spending some time with us and, and chatting. Uh, you know, let's get drinks sometime when the, uh, the queue is over. Am I, am I using that word <laughs> yeah, correctly? That was good. That was good. Yep. The, when the queue well, over, well, we'll use of the lingo. Yeah, the we'll lingo. head up. Uh, I'm not a big Mario's fan, but maybe uh, fat heads <laughs> or something. Well, Coughlin's yeah. is in walking distance from my house. So. What is? Coughlin's Law. Oh, they said Kaufman's. I'm like, those, those are all closed, Julia. <laughs> Kaufman's been out of business for a long time. I know. But thanks for having me, guys. I, um, it was really fun and glad I got to connect with you guys and to meet you, David. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And as we always like to close out, everybody stay thirsty. Stay thirsty. Cheers.